0: I do not long for resurrection. I am generally much more comfortable with death staying in its predictable tomb. And I'm pretty sure that was the same sentiment um, that the spice-bearing women who came to anoint the body of Jesus had on a Sunday morning, so very many years ago. They knew what to do when a person they loved had died. And they knew there would be comfort in going through the familiar rituals of grieving. So I can hardly imagine the magnitude of terror that impelled them to drop faces bound onto the smooth clay floor of that empty tomb. Theirs was not the awe that one might feel at, say, a beautiful sunrise. Their was, theirs was the awe of discovering that the entire order of the world was upended. awe. And then improbably, they rose up and ran to tell about it. It would be hard to make sense of their behavior if I had not lived it myself. On an Easter Sunday, no less, at St. Paul's Episcopal Church in Grinnell, Iowa, as a naive and entirely unchurched 19-year-old freshman, I was met by God in the consecrated bread and wine I swallowed for the first time. I was terrified. And I didn't like it. Not at all. Now remember that I was not at that time an active part of the parish. I was just crazy about the boyfriend who took me to church. And I was pretty sure that if I ran to tell my militantly atheist family about the the holiness I had encountered, nobody would believe me. So I spent a lot of time the following week clinging to the ground, to that clay from which all humanity was made according to the Genesis account. I, I think my body was instinctively seeking the kind of safety that causes animals to prostrate themselves to the ground during an earthquake. But it didn't work. The very blades of grass shimmered with the words of the God who brought forth green and growing things on the third day. I could not escape the blindingly beautiful testimony Of creation. So fast forward almost 30 years and I find myself here one in a long line of women bearing testimony to the terrifying order subverting love of God. This is the love that placed a bow of promise into the clouds and the love that led refugees with a pillar of cloud and fire and the love that put a new spirit in the people and the love that opened graves and took away the judgment. This love is not bound by the second law of thermodynamics, because it comes from the one who made that law. This love is stronger than death. Now the Apostle Paul, following the example of the women, even though he didn't exactly credit them. also testified to the order subverting terror of the tomb. Trinitarians, do you not know that you were buried with Christ? Benjamin and Lori, do you not know that you will be baptized into his death? Look all around you, people of God. This may appear like a beautiful cathedral filled with loving people, but mark my words, It is actually a tomb. This is the place where your attachments to everything that would distract you from the love of God come to die. And with it, your terror, your separation, and your shame, it is the place from which you will walk out alive, dead to sin and alive to God, in Jesus Christ and I might add walk out to share your testimony There's a lot of that going on around Trinity lately I'm hearing it from the pulpit I'm hearing it in the profound trust that our catechumens that's the community of learners that Laurie and Benjamin have been part of for the past several months that they invest in each other the catechumens tell stories of longing and loss and forgiveness and hope and I'm also hearing it unexpectedly in our Sunday newcomer conversations, who would have thunk it when longtime Trinitarians testify to the life they've found here. Now, as much as I like to brag on Trinity and Trinitarians, I have to confess that the stories I hear from you are not fundamentally about how lively this congregation is. Rather, They are stories about how God triumphs over death. That's what I heard when Don and Barbara Stevenson told of nearly losing their business to a trusted employee who stole from them. They cried, they prayed, and then they decided to come back to church to heal. You don't think you need church when things are going well, said Don. Bearing the spice of their grief, they showed up at this very Episcopal tomb. And 24 years later, Barbara and the Flower Guild orchestrate the annual floral explosion we see at God's altar tonight. And on the third day, God gave the gift of all green and growing things. What is the value of ancient creation myths What proves the truth of the resurrection? Nothing really, except the example of the lives of the people shaped by these stories. That certainly includes the testimony of the ancient witnesses to the empty tomb, but also the equally terrifying and wondrous stories we tell each other here every day. This cathedral is no stranger to death. In fact, we celebrate it in our Episcopal funeral rites. Parents and lovers die, and yet we live. Friends and colleagues betray us, and yet we live. Our bodies and our memories fail us, and yet we live. Loss has and will visit every single one of us, and yet we live. I do not long for resurrection and I'm not sure I'd actually recommend it to any of you either. It's scary and weird and still makes no sense to my physicist father. But because we have already died with Christ, the power of coercive violence, shame and fear no longer need hold sway in our lives. We don't need another crucifixion to remind us that it is in the very nature of God to bring forth life from the tomb. Listen, said Paul, and I will tell you a great mystery. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Listen to the words of the shimmering people speaking from the tomb. Listen to the voices of the women telling improbable stories. If you do nothing else with the good news of Easter, listen, because your friends are telling you about resurrection. Amen.